New Zealand's Supreme Court has ruled in favour of lowering the voting age to 16. It sounds like a terrible idea. Meanwhile, Michael Baker's back. Michael Baker, the uh, expert, the epidemiologist, he's back and he's warning about Christmas. Christmas is coming and so is the Voldemort virus. It's creeping up on you. So watch out. He's back. And also, can we just have a bit of a laugh at Rain Wilson, who has changed his name in the name of Climate Justice. So we're going to talk about all of that in just one second. But first, welcome, as always, to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy, and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and any other good thing that you can think of. Okay, let's get into the madness of the day. Starting off with the Supreme Court because uh, they've ruled in favour of lowering the voting age to 16 because a group called Make It 16 brought it to the Supreme Court. So what's happened is the age isn't changing. It has to go through Parliament. But the court agreed with their case, ruled in favour of them. So it says an appeal to lower the voting age to 16 has been accepted by New Zealand's highest court, but only Parliament can decide if the law will change. In the Supreme Court today, Justice Alan France and Justice O'Regan ruled that an earlier decision by the Court of Appeal to decline the case of Make It 16 uh, of the Make It 16 group should be set aside. Justice France told the court it was inconsistent with the Bill of Rights to not allow 16-year-olds to vote, and the decision of the Court of Appeal was overturned. There were tears from the members of the Make It 16 group in court who have been campaigning for years to have the age lowered. Right, now we're going to head over to the bfd.co.nz in their their article called Do We Have Dunces on the Supreme Court? Because they quote the Bill of Rights directly in their article, whereas the New Zealand Herald didn't. So in their article they say, uh, Justice France said not allowing 16-year-olds to vote was inconsistent, so the same quote. And then they say, except the Bill of Rights also says, 12, electoral rights. Every New Zealand citizen who is of or over the age of 18 years, A, has the right to vote, in genuine periodic elections of members of the House of Representatives, blah, 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 and B, is qualified for membership of the House of Representatives. So in the BFD article they say, uh, these clowns have just declared that the Bill of Rights is inconsistent with the Bill of Rights. They say, these morons clearly haven't thought through the consequences. If 16-year-olds can vote, then surely it stands to reason they can be tried as adults for crimes they commit. Then there are uh, all the other age-restricted activities, benefits and entitlements that likewise could be challenged. A good example of that would be the pension. Why 65? Why not 16 for that too? How about purchasing alcohol and cigarettes? That could be that should be lowered too. After all, if 16-year-olds are sensible, sensible enough to vote, then surely they'll be sensible enough to drink and smoke responsibly. Of course, this generation that now wants to vote are also the same ones who can't even decide what gender they are. If they can't work out whether they are Arthur or Martha, then they really shouldn't be voting. They are also the generation that thinks the world is about to end through climate change. So we'll head over to, who is this group? Makeit16.org.nz, founded in 2019, supposedly, by youth activists. And you go to their website, and the first image is, what have we got, five teenagers, or sorry, young adults. And they're all wearing masks, because... They're in close contact, so they've all got to be wearing their masks. Um, I think that says a lot already. Anyway, we are... So you go to their website and it doesn't even say who they are, who's sponsoring them, who's donated 
but it's full of a lot of just the the woke rhetoric that you'll you'll see everywhere in fact i've even got parents saying having little comments on the website as a parent i mean who knows if this is real but it says as a parent of a 16 year old I know my young person has the capacity and will to ex- to express views on the type of world they want to live in. It says, I think we can all benefit from listening to questions our young people want answered and to their hopes and aspirations. Look, you can listen. doesn't mean they have the right to change the world and vote. They're, they're kids. They are children. University people, in my mind, are just kids and children. I would like to see the voting age at 25. Not realistic at all. I voted when I was 18. I was an idiot. I didn't know who to vote for. I just went with those around me. Whatever adult influenced me at the time. Same when I was 22. Complete moron. Completely no idea what was going on. And you just get swept up into whatever propaganda is being pushed in, in that moment. So this Make It 16 group, it's a bunch of youth activists. Very hard. Well, not immediately clear exactly who they are, who's donating, you know, who's funding them. But there are particular politicians that have come out and supported them and supported their movement. And it says, they say, why make it 16? We are just as impacted by the, by the decisions our government, make, our government make as people over 18, and we will be inheriting the future impacts of those decisions too. So, climate change poses an existential threat to young people and our future generations. Well, there you go, climate change. But they haven't changed that climate change to, to the climate crisis yet. So they're not quite up to date on their website. Not sure I'd trust you voting if you haven't got up to date with the latest lingo. Uh, we face a future where housing prices and living costs will greatly affect our lifestyle. Decent education where students are confidently prepared for their future is still yet to come. <laughs> our country also has the worst youth mental health crisis in the OECD. So you want to lower the voting age to people that have mental health problems. I don't know if that's a great idea. It says young people will be and are already bearing the brunt of all this with little to no say in the solution. Decisions that affect us, issues that determine the course of our life are not being decided by us. As voices of the, of the future, we deserve to have our say. Your children, and yes, there are a crap ton of problems in the world. That is true. But if you think that you have the solutions to these problems, hey, look, we're all ears. We're all ears. Should you be implementing these solutions? You should be out there debating them. And uh, to think to think that 16-year-olds, this is the confidence of 16-year-olds, they have the solution. Teenagers have the solutions to all the problems. They're very confident in what they believe, most of them. And uh, they know. They know better than you and I. And most of us probably double their age or more. Now, what I find interesting is this This reminds me of the story I covered yesterday with the, the vegan university, Stirling University in Scotland, that has voted to go 100% vegan. And uh, that was only a tiny, tiny percentage of the students that actually go to the school. This is the same kind of thing. This would be a small minority of teenagers that are involved, very small minority of teenagers that are involved in the Make It 16 movement and ex- extending the voting age to them. And, well, it's right out of the communist playbook. For the last century or more, it's, um, what comes out of communism is that when you have, say, groups of, I don't know, five, ten thousand 10,000 people, that if you get 50 communists in that group, the communists run that group. Because they're organised, you see. Like, the masses as a whole aren't organised. And we're, we're in a country, New Zealand, that's it's a bit of a mess. We don't even really know what we... 
who we are as a culture and we're being very it's very divided and propaganda is easy to to spew and to to brainwash people with as we saw with the lockdowns and the Voldemort virus and because the majority of us don't even know the Bill of Rights that we have here we never read the Treaty of Waitangi our founding document and have for the most part thrown away God from society then we're just this mass of people without direction without meaning without a foundation and so things like this can come and go yeah what why not change the voting age to 16 what is it it doesn't matter yeah the youth should vote yeah i agree with that yeah yeah just let them vote no harm no foul don't worry about it now who do you think most of these young people will vote for i don't think it's going to be traditional conservative values i don't i don't think that will be the case at all i think as their website says they're going to be affected by the climate change and housing prices geez i wonder what their ideas are for for lowering housing prices should we just give some free housing to people maybe maybe go about that way get some government funding and government can pay for your pay for your houses or something i don't know i'm implying obviously that the youth vote is generally going to be left-wing voting and well socialist ideas and uh not quite understanding how destructive those ideas are and of course the government of the of, of our day ardoon and co have said that they will consider lowering the voting age for the local council elections because it's easier to get that passed so this court decision <coughs> has ruled in favor of lowering the voting age but it's, you have to get a super majority in parliament to actually lower it for our central elections, for the big elections. But you only need 50% to lower it for local elections. And so oh, the local elections can just be a tester, be a testing ground, as, the, as Grant Robinson, the deputy prime minister, has said, which is madness because local elections are the most important elections, yet the, the voting percentage is horrifically low here. People just don't pay attention to it. And... Uh, there's not a lot of great candidates running in, in these elections anyway. So what I can gather is it's going to go before Parliament. There will be uh, a vote at some stage. Anyway, moving on, we'll go we'll head over to the next story because uh, Mr. Michael Baker, the the expert, the epidemiologist in New Zealand, well, one of, he's back and he's he's got some advice about how to avoid catching Voldemort virus for Christmas because you don't want that in your stocking. Just wash your stocking, I guess. I don't know. Isn't that just better advice, Mr. Michael Baker? Anyway, he says, and this is just a way to to give him some more plaudits, you see, to, to say that this is a real expert. Look, he's got the certificates and the awards, and you're going to hear that right here. So this is New Zealand Herald. An epidemiologist just honoured for his role as a pandemic evidence broker is urging Kiwis to avoid becoming part of a summer wave that could push daily Voldemort virus cases to 11,000. Otago University's Professor Michael Baker. Oh, he's become one of New Zealand's most visible and trusted experts. <laughs> oh yes, tonight received the Royal Society Te Aparangi's Callaghan Medal for Science Communication. Speaking to the Herald before a, Wellington, before a Wellington ceremony, Baker said he wanted to see the government itself communicate better about the Voldemort virus, especially when it came to advising people about how to protect themselves. It's been two and a half years, Michael, 
It's been two and a half years. We don't need to go down this route again. He says right now the numbers are telling us that with every 100 cases, one person is going to hospital. With every 1,000, someone's dying. And with every 20 cases, or perhaps fewer, someone is going to get long COVID, which may be quite debilitating, he said. What I'd say to people is that this could be you. And that we all need to avoid becoming infected or reinfected. Because it can mean running a gauntlet of risks. And he's warning about keeping basic precautions in mind. Uh, for some individuals that means taking obvious steps like ensuring they're up to date with their with their medicines. Make sure you're up to date with them. Definitely safe and effective. Nothing to worry about there, people. No, it's not experimental with no liability from the manufacturers. No long-term data on what's going to happen and... The you know things like the American insurance companies and and whatnot showing uh, an increase in death, particularly between the ages of eighteen and thirty five. No, no, don't don't even worry about it. Don't even question it. Um, just make sure you're up to date with your medicines. Apparently, according to Mister Baker, and he said if you got symptoms, get tested and isolate if you test positive. So if it's Christmas Day, just just isolate if you test positive. You're perfectly fine. You got no symptoms, but you've tested positive. Don't know why you'd be taking a test if you've got no symptoms, but, you know, maybe you should stay away from the family if that's the case anyway, because your brain's been washed. Anyway, he says Kiwis need to be just as vigilant at family functions, as well as the the old office parties and well-ventilated venues are ideal. Uh, But particularly when visiting elderly or vulnerable, look, we're just being treated like... If if you're sick, if you've got the flu or something, are you visiting your elderly relatives? Anyway, I mean, that's just, isn't that just common sense? But he won an award for science communication. Because he's going to talk to you like you're three. He says, I think there's now enough evidence to say that mask mandates are needed back on public transport. And from the government, we also need clear, detailed guidelines. This is just a guy that's wanting to stay in the spotlight. And to justify his job. Anyway, they go on and say Baker's latest honour, which followed his Prime Minister's Science Communication Prize and Wellingtonian of the Year in 2021, acknowledged his contribution to raising public awareness to the value of science, the religion of the day, the scientists, the scientific community, scientism, the religion of the day. But you see, Baker has had plenty of awards over the last two years because they have to justify why he's up there and uh, give him some awards. He'll, I'm sure, hang them in his home office and stare around at them proudly and remember the days that he was uh, New Zealand's expert or one of our Voldemort virus experts and uh, yes, he'll be telling those stories for a long time and how he really, really saved us really, really moved the needle in a positive direction for this country it says that, uh, so this award acknowledged to raising public awareness to the value of science uh, that included his strong scientific advocacy for the elimination strategy and other measures that contributed to an initial Voldemort virus response estimated to have saved thousands of there you go estimated to have saved thousands of lives of course you'll never know that it's just estimated but they're not going to question whether the medicines have had any adverse effects on those lives at all no 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 don't go down that path and he had a strong advocacy for the elimination strategy, but it it ran rampant through the country, according to according to I mean, it didn't stop it. 
there was no the elimination strategy was failed it just you shut down not him specifically obviously but the economy was shut down and that's had massive effects on this country including mental health effects which the youth were just going on about too so i don't know this guy's getting an award for things that didn't seem to work seems to be a bit strange it's like the uh the 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 powers that be are all kind of kissing their own asses it says a uh, quote so baker says uh quote this award is <laughs> talking about himself it's so great this award is strong acknowledgement that communication to policymakers and the public is an essential part of scientific research and knowledge translation said baker who's given more than five thousand media interviews <laughs> on the Voldemort virus five thousand media interviews let's put that into context i've only done 57 episodes of this podcast wow um so he's done 5,000 media interviews while leading or co-authoring more than 40 peer-reviewed publications. Quote, this requirement is particularly important for infectious diseases where rapid action is critical for responding to serious outbreaks and pandemics. It says, uh, he, he says we need to explain to people what they need to do to protect themselves and those around them and also why their actions are important. And we need to make sure no one is left behind so health equity is vital. Ding, 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 equity, equity, equity. Of course, if you didn't take the medicines, you're not welcome in society. I'm not sure how exactly that fits into the equity model. But, you know, don't worry about that. Let's move on to Rain Wilson. Okay, Mr. Rain Wilson, the office fame, the US office, and just a a side note here, the UK office is the better office because it's the original office and I saw that in about 2001, 2002 whenever it came out and it was very well done, so well done that it was on late at night, 11pm at night and I remember my mum calling me and going have you seen this? and we were sitting there like is this, is this the first five, five minutes is this real? It was, it was done that well and then quickly figured out obviously that it, it's a mockumentary and uh it's just a different show. The Brits do it in a way where it's six episodes a season. Two seasons, so 12 episodes, and then a bonus Christmas special that went for a couple of hours. And it's a story to tell, whereas the the US one is... I don't, I don't mean to ramble. I've never... I've tried watching the US one. Maybe I should just skip the first season because it's too... They tried to copy the script for the UK one. But the US one is more of a sitcom. Anyway, it's my little rant on The Office. Just had to get that off my chest. So, Rain Wilson. Wow. From the the US office fame, he has announced a name change to raise climate change awareness. This is from CNN. Rain Wilson has changed his name and is inviting others to do the same. Oh, we can all come up with a climate change name. What would your climate change name be? That's a good thing to think about. What would my climate change name be? I don't know. I have 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 to have a think about it. It says the office actor debuted. This is his new name. Rainfall, heat wave, rising sea levels, Wilson. I wish he was joking. I kind of, I really hope he was joking, like that this would be satire, but no. So on social media Thursday, this is when he debuted the name, as a way, as a way to raise awareness about the climate control crisis. Climate control crisis. Maybe you just need new, new batteries in your air conditioning. I don't know. That'll solve your problems, Rain. Sorry, rainfall, heat wave rising, sea levels, Wilson. <laughs> it's a cheap 
as a cheap little stunt to help save planet Earth. It's not saving planet Earth, mate. Um, I've changed my name on Twitter, Instagram, and even on my fancy writing paper, he said in a video he shared on his verified social media accounts. He's verified. Just They're just letting you know that he's verified. Uh, in the Twitter thread that included the video, Wilson added that he was unable to change his name on Twitter because Elon, bloody Elon, referencing guidelines implementing on the platform by the new owner, Elon Musk. Actually, you know, I have problems with Elon and what he's doing as well, uh, as I talked about yesterday, but uh, anyway... I digress. Wilson encouraged his followers to visit environmental advocacy group Arctic Base Camps, Arctic Name Changer, to get their own names to be used on their social media profiles in the hopes of capturing the attention of the world leaders assembling in Egypt for the COP27 International Climate Conference. <sighs> it's all so exhausting, isn't it? And if enough of us do this, then maybe COP27 will be where our world leaders sit up and notice Arctic risks and introduce a solution. Make Arctic Name Changer a Game Changer. <laughs> he tweeted. So great. Let's go to Arctic Name Changer and let's see what my name will be. Name Generator. Create a name. Raise raise awareness. Know the risks. Type your name. Okay, let's go. Matt J. My, uh, my climate change name is uh, Matt Sweltering Summer J. Brilliant. Love it. Couldn't have been Matt Hot Stuff, Jay? No? I would have quite liked that. But uh, would have fed my ego, at least. I quite I quite like this arcticrisk.org name generator. That's it's a bit of fun. A little bit of fun. If you don't take it too seriously. Although I think Rain probably has taken it a little bit seriously. I don't know how his name came up as Rainfall, Heatwave, Rising, Sea Levels, Wilson. Why did he get, what, an extra... What, six or so words? I only got sweltering summer. Oh, wait, I've got another name. Matt Lack of Food J. Is this thing listening to me? That's really creepy. It just changed by itself. Very creepy. Okay, I'm going to end this before it gives me a another name. Oh, it's already done it. Matt Black Carbon Rising J. It's just going through the names. It's going through the names. Good stuff. Arctic Risk Name Generator. Okay, this has been another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy, and conversation. As always, please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and any other good thing that you can think of. And hey, I appreciate you for listening and sticking around to the end. And I will talk to you again in the next one. Oh, I've got a new name. Matt Too Many Typhoons J. Good stuff. <laughs>